You're listening to Singleness, Sex, and Dating with Perry Noble. You can connect with Perry and read more of his thoughts on relationships at perrynoble.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Singleness, Sex, and Dating podcast with Perry Noble. My g'day, mate. G'day. My name is Stacey, and today I'll be asking Perry a series of questions that have been submitted by our listeners through his website. So if you have a question that you would like Perry to answer, then go online, visit perrynoble.com forward slash ask, and you can ask. submit it on there. Perry, our first question today comes from Beth in South Carolina, and she asks, where did marriage begin and what is a biblical marriage? Great question, Beth. Um, nice to have somebody from South Carolina tuning into the podcast. Marriage began um, in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, the Bible specifically spells out how God created Adam. Um, a suitable helper was not found. He put the man to sleep, which if you know anything about men, that's not difficult. Um, made Eve from one of his ribs brought her to the man and, um, I mean, pretty much performed the first wedding ceremony in the Garden of Eden. So the concept of marriage actually comes from Genesis 2, God bringing the man and woman together. And what is a biblical marriage? Um, I can't, you know, there are a lot of different opinions on what a biblical marriage is. I can tell you what a Christian marriage is. Mm -hmm. A Christian marriage is um, one man and one woman who commit to one another for a lifetime. Um, that's what a Christian marriage is. And I get that from Jesus. Um, as a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. Um, and so whatever Jesus said about a subject, that's what I'm going to believe. And in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said that marriage is between a man and a woman. He referred back to the Genesis 2 story that I just talked about between Adam and Eve. So Jesus indicated that Adam and Eve were real people. So if Jesus said they're real, once again, I'm just that guy. I don't know anybody else that's, that died and came back to life other than Jesus. And so because he said it, I'm just going to receive it as true. And so that's what I think a Christian marriage is. Yeah, that's great. And just to add on to that, also in the New Testament, it talks about um, loving your wives as Christ loves the church. And so I think that's a great picture of yeah. what a biblical marriage needs to look like. Yep, exactly. A yeah. little bit of um, Southern in your Australian accent. Oh, really? There. Yeah, Uh-oh. just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm I need to go that. back home and, and revisit my accent, you know, well, get a refresher. Of, speaking of home, this next question, right? Yeah, from Brody in Australia. Brody! Brody I think that's a girl. I'm gonna be oh. I'm going to be in Australia in October. October. I want to be in Australia in October. I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. You should be. I am. She asks, I have feelings for a guy in my church and I believe he has feelings for me, but how do I pursue the foundation of a friendship before feelings get in the way? Great question. First of all, you you can't really not feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've tried it. You've tried it. Hey, okay, don't feel this way. Um, and it's just, I mean, feelings are what they are. They're, they're called feelings. Um, and so if you've got feelings for a guy, I've always said, I think it's okay to let the guy know you have feelings without being um, like a stalker or being weird mm. or being the obsessive girl that's behind every corner that he walks around or whatever. Um, but the, 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 the most important thing I would say to Brody is don't let feelings feelings, um, don't let feelings trump the facts that you, you need it. You need a solid relationship 
and the foundation of that relationship needs to be um, based on Christ. Um, Jesus talked about this in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, where he talks about a wise person builds on the rock, but a foolish person builds on the sand. And um, building on sand equals building on feelings. Mm, wow. um, if you build That's a relationship good. on feelings, um, in fact, I'll go a little bit further. If you build a relationship on feelings, I will guarantee a divorce within five years. Wow. Because there's going to be a day take my word for it, as a married person, that you wake up and go, what the hell did I do? Um, yeah, that's pretty much what you'll <laughs> think. Uh, and you're, you're like, I'm a Christian. I wouldn't think that. No, you're going to think that. Mm. You're going to think. And it, it's it's going to happen. Um, and if the relationship is based on feelings, you'll take the first opportunity to exit out of that marriage as possible. But if it's built on the foundation of Christ then even when you doubt your feelings, you will come back to the fact of marriage was God's idea. This is the way he said to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. That's great. This is how we do it. I always bust out in random songs. By the way, you know who Journey is now? Uh, More so than I did last time. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. Question three is from Sarah in Delaware, and she asks, what are your thoughts on online dating? Does How do you kiss online? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Does God really call us to look online, or is it a sign of desperation or impatience? You know, I've changed my, I've changed my mind on this. I really have. I've done a 180. I used to think online dating was for desperate people, um, and, and maybe it is in some cases, but, you know, I, God, I think the Internet's a great, um, opportunity. Now, I don't know how I feel about farmers.com. Um, there's a Christian <laughs> web, or not a Christian, uh, but there's a website for farmers. That, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, and hey, maybe maybe you met on the farmer.com and y'all are raising corn together and all that's great. But I I think it's okay. Mm. The, the, the thing I think you got to be careful about with online dating is you've got to be as you, I think you've got to be more honest online than you are in person. Because what we do online is we put the best wow. picture of us online. We say the best things about us. It's kind of like when you, you'll take 72 selfies to put one selfie mm-hmm. up. Wow. And so what happens online is we tend to lie about who we are like i'm a dude and i might say well i weigh 225 well i'm i'm right my right thigh weighs 225 my you know i'm you're just not honest or about you're 10 who years you, younger than you really yeah, are. yeah 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 um and so i think that's the key when it comes um to online dating but mm-hmm. but if when it comes to online dating i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because if if you throw out online dating then you got to i mean then what about online shopping and what about online church services and what about online podcasts like you're listening mm-hmm. to right now so i just think the the biggest danger is people feel like if they go online they don't have to be as honest mm, wow and so i'm not i'm not for it i'm not against it i'm the guy that goes eh, if it works it works and the reason it's so funny, um, I met a couple recently that met online, got married, have a caught child, and just a great, great, great couple. I mean, really solid, but they would have never met. Mm. Uh, and I used to think that online dating was for ugly people. Um, I really did. I was like, oh, it explains to me. Oh, yeah, of course you're online. <laughs> but it's not. 
It's just, oh, I mean, it it really is okay. They're, they're pretty people online too. That's right. And I think there are some good options and some bad options online. I oh, mean, yeah. eHarmony, probably a good option, but Tinder, probably not a good option. What? Tinder. I don't know. Tinder? Tin, yeah, you could look into it. Uh, it's I just, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not going to. Just like in the world, I wouldn't recommend meeting someone at a club. You know, there's good yeah. options and bad options online. Well, the whole eHarmony thing, what's that dude's name? Neil Clark Warren. Is that his name? Neil Warren Clark? Not sure. The guy that founded it founded it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I've heard him speak and the heart behind why he did it. I was like, that's when I started changing my mind. I went, all right, all right. I think that could be a good thing. That's good. Yeah. Yep. It's just the way of the world. That's shameless plug for eHarmony. I'm making no money off of that. And I've never be, even been on the site. Great. Question. It is great. I'm married. <laughs> I would suck. My pastor's surfing eHarmony. <laughs> Question four is from Brandon in Texas. And yeah. He writes, I've never had a serious relationship before, but I think I found the one for me. We are extremely tempted sexually and have messed up in that area, but don't want to tell our parents. Is it okay to marry in private, have sex, and act like our wedding day is the first time without telling anyone? Okay, Brandon. Um, about 10 years ago, I would have thought this question was crazy until I've met people that have done this. I'm just going to give you my opinion. Um, uh, first of all, you think you found the one. Um, and, and, and man, that's awesome. Man, I applaud that and I praise the Lord for it. The one for you. Um, you're extremely tempted sexually. Let me pause. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, there's not a couple dating in the world that is not tempted sexually. If you're not tempted sexually, I can't really say anything appropriate at this point. Um, let me just say, every couple knows what it's like mm. to be tempted. And, and, and w- once again, that's where so many people feel bad. They're like, oh, I'm being tempted, so that means I'm sinful. Well, no, Jesus was tempted, wow. but he wasn't sinful, right? That's great. And so um, I, I, w- I would say, yes, you're going to be tempted sexually. Um, and then when you say, um, I'm going through this, you've messed up in that area and don't want to tell your parents. Okay, fine. Tell your pastor. Tell your best friend. Tell a godly person that you look up to. Um, because when you when, when you hide something, um, I heard a friend say this one time and it makes sense. Nothing that grows in the dark is attractive. And so it's it's kind of like going out into the woods and picking up a piece of wood and seeing all the little squiggly bugs and junk under it. Um, and so what you've got to do, if you've messed up sexually, is you've got to drag that into the light because that's the only way that healing is going to take place. Um, so is it okay to marry in private, have sex, and act like our wedding day is the first time without telling anyone? Um, Brandon, the, the problem with that is is deception mm. and a lie. And Jesus said in John 8, 44, that, that Satan is the father of lies. And we know one of his main weapons is deception. So you don't want to start your marriage out um, saying, we can't control ourselves, so we're going to marry, deceive people, and lie to people and let them think that when we're getting married, we're actually getting married. That is a, that's a foundation of sand, my friend, 
that you do not want to begin to build on. So I would say the best thing for you to do is for you and your um, fiance or your, your girlfriend is to figure out a way to battle and defeat sexual mm-hmm. temptation now before you take um, a further step. That's great. A detailed question, but yeah, um, it, I, I, I've seen it. This is mm-hmm. I, I know people that do this, and I'm like, this is just not a good idea. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for asking that too, Brandon. That is a great question. Next question is from Indiana from Christopher, who asks, how much of your beliefs should you be willing to compromise when marrying another believer? Great question, Christopher. Thanks so much. Um, you know, Christopher, you're going to meet different people with different ideas on this. Um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 um, that the gospel, Paul defines the gospel in 1 Corinthians um, 15 as, you know, we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried um, that he was raised from the dead, and then he appeared to um, he appeared to people. And it, basically, Paul defines the gospel as somebody that believes that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins, wrote you know, and rose from the grave. He's the only way of salvation. If somebody agrees about that, um, everything. I mean, you got close-handed issues and open-handed issues. So for me, um, I think some of my close-handed issues were I wanted somebody that. Um, uh, believed that the Bible was true. Um, that was a close-handed issue for me. I wanted somebody to believe that Jesus was the only way to salvation. You couldn't earn your way to salvation. There's close-handed issues. Open-handed issues would be like um, method of baptism. Like some now, some people would put that in the close hand. I, I, was, I don't, you know, whatever. Denominational preference. Uh, I think for me that's pretty much in the open hand. Mm. Um, things like that, uh, I, I just think, because here's what I think. Um, if You're never going to find somebody that you're 100% spiritually compatible with. Um, I mean, me and Lucretia, my wife, I love her. We've got some theological differences that we kind of butt heads on from time to time, but that, that makes the marriage way, mm. way more fun. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Love that. Next question is from Anne in North Carolina. And she writes, what do I do if my friend is engaged to a guy who I feel like isn't a good enough follower of Jesus to be with her? And um, great question. The first thing, and I don't know you, so I can say this with 100% confidence. The first thing you got to do, Anne, is before you go to your friend and talk to her about the guy, you've got to look in the mirror and make sure that things are okay between you and God. Um, it's the whole thing that Jesus said in, in I think it's Matthew 7, don't try to take the speck out of your, your friend's eye without taking the plank out of your own. And I'm not saying that's, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I see a piece of paper and a name. So I don't know, I would just say that's, that's the first thing is always, always, always make sure your heart and your motives are pure because when it comes to girls, I know for a fact mm. that girls have gone to other girls and said, I don't think you need to be dating him. And it's not because he wasn't good enough. It's because they were single. Wow. And so they were jealous. And so they were motivated by jealousy and insecurity rather than wow. a sincere love for the person. So I'm going to circle back around. And if you are motivated by a sincere love for your friend, um, all you can do is go to your friend Tell her you love her, and then share the concern with her, mm-hmm. and then you've got to leave it in God's hands. You, and tell her, say, say if you ever want to talk about this, um, 
this is the way I feel. I'm not going to bring it up again, but I just wanted you to know how I feel. And I wanted to be as honest and transparent with you as possible. Yeah, that's great. And then not being a negative Nancy if she decides to stay with you. Yeah, that's good. Negative Nancy. Yeah, don't do that. Question number seven is from Bethany in Minnesota, and she writes, I'm dating a wonderful guy who loves Jesus and is pursuing a relationship with both God and me, but I'm cautious and I can always see potential problems. I think this would be true of any relationship. So how can I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this guy is the one God has in mind for me? Miriam, it's the only way to remove the doubt. I mean, when you know, you know, Mm. you know, but I mean, good gosh, if you I'll back up. I, I, I've count. I used to do a little bit of marriage counseling. I don't do it anymore. And I used to do some premarital counseling. And couples that would come in and say, um, "We never argue." I'm like, "Well, I can't. I can't marry you um, until you have a fight. I, I will not. I will not perform the ceremony because I need to see how you fight. Uh, because if you fight fair, it's going to be good. If you mm-hmm. fight unfair, you're going to tear each other apart. Um, and so I would say, if you found a godly guy that loves you and loves Jesus. I mean, the one quote, I mean, mm. some people say there is the one. Some people say there isn't the one. You know how I know Lucretia was the one for me? You know how I know 100% she was the one for me? Because I married her. Wow. And when I married her, she became the one. Wow, that's she's, great. She's the one for me. So I think if you want to know they're the one, Marry them. Mm. But think about this. When you marry them, they're the one. That's why you can't say, well, I married the wrong one. Nope. Nope. That's why I think the one, when singles talk about, I'm trying to find the one. Well, that he or she is right next to the unicorn. Uh, In other (laughs) words, they, they don't exist. They become the one. When you when you may I'm gonna put that in the book. That's great. I'm gonna put that in the book. That was good. And I'd love to add two things to that: that we have a choice to either live in fear or live in faith. And so I think girls especially can become consumed in the fear of he's not the one. But I think ultimately the second thing I want to say is it's not so much about the one, but listening to the one, which is Jesus. And if we're constantly doing that in our relationship, I mean, the Lord's gonna lead us. I want to put that in the book too. You (laughs) You got to quote me. You got to quote. I am (laughs) Stacy. Who doesn't know who Jenny is? Question eight is from Gary in Virginia, and he asks, when and how much do you say I need to settle? Most of the women my age have already had children and have already been married. It's not so much the fact about children, it's more about the other guy. Um, trying to under, I'm trying to understand the question. Uh, like, so, so this is what I'm reading into it, Gary. Um, how much do you need to settle? Well, let me pause. You don't, you don't settle. But I also want to say that, you know, if, if you're dating a woman, she's been married, um, that marriage ended badly. There was a divorce. She has children. Um, marrying her is not settling. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, if, if God brought you two together, now there are people out there that would disagree with that. And you know, if you're divorced and you can't ever get married again and, I'm not, I'm, maybe that's another podcast episode. I'm saying if you marry her and she has children, you're not settling. Um, in fact, if you date her for 10 years and you do not marry her because of the children, what you're actually modeling for those children is a lack of commitment. Mm, wow. And uh, you don't want to be that guy. You, you don't want to be that guy. So if if she's, 
and she's good enough to date, and she's good enough to go out with, and she loves Jesus, and you love each other, that's not settling. Mm. That's great. And I think we can paint an awesome picture of redemption when a guy is going to marry someone who's already been married. I mean, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The next question is from Lydia in Virginia, and she writes, In the last year of my seven-year-long relationship, my boyfriend asked me to be more physical because he loved me. But to me, that was the ultimate form of affection and love. I thought we would end up together, so I consented. My heart is now more broken than I could have ever imagined. My question is, if it is love and you plan on spending your life with that person, is it okay to have sex or would it be simply better to wait? Um, thanks for the question, Lydia. I'm, um, I'm just going to go ahead and, and just be as honest as, as I can. Sex is for married people. Um, sex it and for in love people. Sex aren't for we feel like it people Mm -hmm. sex isn't for i think we're okay people sex is for married people and some people call that restrictive and i would say you're right um it's kind of like fire you've got to restrict fire or it will burn a thousand acres Mm -hmm. and so it's the same thing with sex you you've got to restrict it and god is in his wisdom has said it's between married people genesis 2 adam and eve married, then sex, um, and and that's the safest place for it. So if you, um, I think you answered this question for me, Lydia. Yeah. So you, you said, and I'll, I'll, I want to just read your, your question. So I consented, my heart is now more broken than I could have ever imagined. My question is, if it is love and you plan on spending your life with that person, is it okay to have sex? Or would have been better to wait? Well, you said you consented and your heart is now broken. And so I think what you were maybe hoping for is affirmation that it's okay. And I'm going to tell you that God loves you and God will forgive you. But if your heart is broken, then in your heart, you know it wasn't the right thing to do. It's a good question. And thank you for writing that in, Lydia. Thanks for being brave enough to ask the question. The last question for today's podcast comes from Matt. And I love this question because I think so many guys have asked this at one point in time. He says, how can you tell if a woman is sending you signals or just being nice? If she grabs your butt. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He then says, that's one of the most frustrating parts of it. You think she's sending you signals or signs and turns around she's just being nice when you try to pursue her. How can you tell the difference? Matt, here's what you need to know. (laughs) Women are the most confusing things that God ever made we don't even know yeah we don't like even women know. like you'll you'll ask a woman why she's crying and she doesn't know um <laughs> i've never rolled up on a dude that was doing that i never rolled up on a dude that was crying and said hey man why are you crying he's like oh no i'm just happy <laughs> um I, <laughs> I, that's never happened to me maybe it's happened to you maybe you're that guy uh text us in a question email us in um man i think you just gotta have a conversation because dude i remember back in my um, I remember back way, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go all the way back to the seventh grade. Yes. <laughs> seventh grade, uh-huh. Easley Junior High School. I was, um, I, I was, I was the, I, I was the fattest kid in the school. By the way, I'm, I'm saying fat because I'm talking about me. Um, please don't email me in and say you were offended by that, that I used the word fat because I was talking about me. I wasn't <laughs> fluffy. I wasn't big bone. I didn't have an overactive thyroid. I was fat. <laughs> And so um, I had a disease. I had a disease. It was called fatas, and and so I was constantly battling that. 
And there was this girl in my homeroom. Her name was her name was Sarah. And she was so nice to me. She was just so nice. And I remember thinking, this girl thinks I'm the bomb. So I called I got her phone number, which and I called her and I told her I liked her. And oh, I mean, talk about a train wreck. It was just bad from that point on. But she was so nice to me. Mm. So that's what I was thinking in seventh grade. Well, I thought that in high school about girls. I thought that in college. And so the the best way to handle that is is Matt just sit down and say, "Hey, listen, I I I, I like you. I I don't know if you're flirting or I don't know if you're just nice. If you're flirting, mm. let's pursue that. If you're just nice, at least I know. Yeah. Um, and then have that conversation. Um, and she might not wind up being your girlfriend but I, i'll tell you what she'll wind up respecting you that's a, great a lot more when you say that if, if if a guy came up to you and said i don't know if you're just being nice or i don't know if you're like interested in me would you be okay with that absolutely and i think it does more for the girl as well because then she can know okay if i don't like him then i need to stop being a flirt you yeah know, i need it to does... I, I need i need to quit smiling at it, him i need yeah. to quit laughing at his stupid jokes exactly yeah in fact every time he tells a joke i need to roll my eyes yeah from now on i love it well on that note do you have any final thoughts no other than this is fun i appreciate you guys and gals emailing in your questions um and it's, i totally just blanked on the website they can go to perrynoble.com slash ask that's with a k ask <laughs> um so perrynoble.com slash ask and uh to email your question in about Sex, love, and dating. Um, this is this is a fun podcast. Yeah, and it is completely generated. The content's completely generated by the questions of our listeners. So if you can, um, and, and the other thing is, I would say, help us get the word out about this podcast. Mm. Leave us a comment on on iTunes. Um, tell your friends about it because we're going to continue to do this until the book releases, and we're really looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to this month's podcast of the Singleness, Sex, and Dating with Perry Noble. We will see you next time.